a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. And this is the word that is proclaimed to you. As our response to the ministry of the Word, we'll sing all the stanzas of Psalm 121, and we will sing that antiphonally as you find that in the liturgy sheet. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this morning we lift up our eyes heavenward as the year of our Lord 2010 passes into history and the new year dawns. We lift up our eyes to our Maker as we look both behind us and ahead. We lift up our eyes to Jesus who is, who is to come and who always has been. In this past year, we have experienced both joy and sorrow as persons, as families, and as church. Sometimes we could run with energy and joy. Other times we trudged along under the load of heavy burdens. In many cases, we enjoyed health and peace, but often we were confronted with the brokenness and pain that results from our fallen condition in our fallen world. Yet all of us, whatever we've experienced in the past year and and whatever we anticipate in the new one, have a question to answer. That question is placed before us in Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? Psalm 121 is a song of ascents. The people of Israel sang these songs as they made their way up toward Jerusalem during the annual festivals. Now this particular psalm is in the form of a conversation. It may very well have been sung antiphonally, as we will do after the sermon. One group singing verses 1 and 2, and another group answering with the verses 3 through 8. Perhaps the priests would say the verses 1 and 2, or the priests and the Levites, and then the congregation would respond by singing the verses 3 through 8, something like that. You can imagine how as they traveled to Jerusalem, the Israelites from all the different tribes would, would converge on the roads going up to Jerusalem. They would meet each other again like old friends as they were making their way up to Jerusalem, and they would sing these songs 
to one another and with one another. It was, it was kind of like a conversation in song. A liturgical conversation. As they began their long journey to Jerusalem, they would lift up their eyes to the hills ahead and, and around them and ask, where does my help come from? That was a fitting question because there were lots of dangers on the road. We have climate-controlled vehicles and traction control and GPS and cell phones. They didn't have any of those things. <clears throat> there were the threats of marauders who, who would hide in the forests to, to attack travelers. Dread of fierce animals, venomous snakes, and poisonous insects always kept the travelers on alert. And then there were the dangers of tripping over a stone or tumbling over a, a cliff as they traveled through unfamiliar passes that were difficult to navigate. The oppressive heat of the day raised the risk of sunstroke the shining of the moon at night was believed to cause high fever and other distressing ailments. So the pilgrims had every reason to ask, where does my help come from? And to, to ask that question of each other. The Lord gave them this song to encourage them on this pilgrimage. Now what would the Israelites mean when they sang, I lift up my eyes to the hills. What hills were they talking about? Hills of Jerusalem? Probably. That's where they were headed after all. That was their destination. Their eyes would be looking in the direction of Jerusalem. And they would long for the moment when they would finally see the, the Jerusalem skyline. But you can imagine that as the Israelites traveled toward Jerusalem on foot, they would look around them <clears throat> and they would notice many other hills on the way up to Jerusalem. Hill country surrounding Jerusalem. Many of them had to travel for hundreds of kilometers. But they would be looking around. What would the pilgrims see on these hills? Well, they would see many high places of pagan gods. That's what they would see. <clears throat> Remember that in the Promised Land, the Israelites were in the middle of pagans. Pagans surrounded them, the Canaanites. <clears throat> and they believed that the hills were the dwellings of the gods. These pagans did. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's where they would go to worship. <coughs> Excuse me. That's where they would go to worship their gods. They would go to the hills, the hills surrounding Jerusalem. Excuse me for one.
so to the hills they would lift up their eyes in order to seek help from Baal and Ashtoreth, <coughs> Chemosh and Molech. They set up their shrines, planted groves of trees around them, and even had male and female prostitutes stationed there on the hills. <coughs> To Jerusalem, the Israelites would pass over at least near these hills. They would see a shrine to Baal on this hill. They would notice an Asherah pole on that hill. They would pass by another where they could see male and female prostitutes milling around and beckoning them at the entrance of yet another pagan shrine. Where are you headed? The Canaanites would ask them. All the way to Jerusalem? You don't have to go that far. You can come right here. We've got sun priests. If you're afraid of sunstroke, we've got moon priestesses. If the moon scares you, just tell us what you need. We'll help you. But the Lord put this song in their mouths as their answer. Their eyes were on Jerusalem's hills. They would not be seduced or sidetracked by sideshow gods. As they passed by the high places of Baal, the Asherah poles, and the altars of Molech, the Israelites knew how how poor their pagan neighbors were. After all, their gods were only living on the hills, and even that was a lofty claim. But their God was the maker of them. In fact, He was the maker of heaven and earth. (coughs) My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Canaanites also believed that their gods sometimes went for naps. So in order to waken their gods from their slumber, they believed that they had to dance and sing, make a racket. They would even become frantic and slash themselves until their blood flowed. O Baal, answer us, they would cry for example, but no one would listen. But the Israelites knew that the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, never sleeps. He doesn't even slumber. He never grows tired or weary. He never takes a nap. Not even for a second. He never dozes off. gods of the Canaanites had had eyes but could not see. They had ears but could not hear. It was hopeless to try to get their attention because they were only objects of man's creation and man's imagination. But the eyes of the Lord, says Psalm 33, are always on those who fear Him. And His ear is ever Attentive to their cry. 
pagans who worshipped on the hills believed that they had to consult the gods of the sun and moon through their priests and priestesses of the sun and moon. But the Israelites knew that the Lord their God, the maker of heaven and earth, was also the maker of the sun and moon. The Lord God of Israel created the sun also offered protection from its heat. He who created the moon would also ward off its harmful influences. <coughs> he who created man and beast was also sovereign over the venomous snake and the, the prowling robber. He who forms the feet of babies in the womb is also the one who braces them with strength to negotiate the loose rocks and stones that lie on the often treacherous paths. As they sang this song, the Israelites were headed to Jerusalem. And we're headed to the new Jerusalem, the heavenly one. As we make our way up there, also in the year of our Lord, 2011, we have a lot in common with the Israelites who sang this song. Many dangers lurk around us. As in the past year, we will be subject to the threats of disease and death, trial and temptation, tragedy, natural disaster, economic failure, political unrest. But we also have this in common with the Israelites. The false gods of society offer us their help, don't they? These gods are also highly accessible, just like those gods long ago. We pass through or near their shrines daily. And their priests and priestesses, so to speak, beckon us to enter. The gods of entertainment and sports, the gods of technology and finance, the gods of wealth and health, goddesses of lust and leisure, we too then need to ask ourselves the question as we lift up our eyes to the pantheon of, of, of gods and goddesses that surround us, where does my help come from? To whom will I look in 2011? And in this song we give the answer, the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. My eyes look to Him. My help comes from Him. He is the one who watches over me, body and soul, without sleeping, without dozing off, without getting distracted. He is the one who unleashes the hailstones and the floodwaters. He is the one who holds the strings of the economy the dollar. Our God, the maker of heaven and earth, gives life and he takes it away. He brings illness and he heals. So we may go forward with the same confidence as the Israelites. We may sing to each other the same words the Israelites sang to each other. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life 
The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This coming and going mentioned in verse 8 refers to coming to Jerusalem and going home from there again. So there was special promise attached for the Israelites. By coming to Jerusalem to seek the Lord and to worship Him, they were indicating their faith. He was their God. He was their Maker. He was their Savior. And there in Jerusalem, as they were gathered for the festivals, they received a special blessing from the priests. And that blessing went with them as they left Jerusalem again. A blessing that they would never receive from those other gods. Indeed, those who came to Jerusalem knew that that the Lord who dwelled in Jerusalem would watch over them not only as long as they were worshiping Him among the hills of Jerusalem, but also as they returned to their homes. God promised to watch over them now and forevermore. Now when the Israelites sang to each other, verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Weren't they somewhat naive about coming into contact with harm? Singing this song which the Lord gave them didn't make the sun grow less scorching, nor even did it guarantee that they would never suffer sunstroke. It also didn't protect them from the dangers of the road so that they wouldn't be attacked by marauders. The Lord didn't promise His people an easy road to travel. The word keep in verse 7 means protect, guard. The Israelites knew very well that they would still have difficulty on their journeys and in their lives. Well, the Lord didn't, didn't even promises people that they would survive all the difficulties that they went through. He did promise that He would be with them. Yes, there would be Israelites who, who sang this pilgrim song and yet died of sunstroke or fever, fell to their death on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, With this song, the Lord promised that He would go with them through all those trials. They knew His promise that even in in death, the Lord is with His saints. What the Lord promises with the words of this song that He gave to Israel and to, to us is this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. In other words, whatever trials and tragedies, sorrows and difficulties you may pass through, yes, even death, you may know that the Lord 
is with you. He will not only be your shade, the psalm says, He will be your shade at your right hand. That is, He will be there right beside you through it all. He will be your shadow, so to speak. Just as your shadow can never be separated from you, so God will never let Himself be separated from you if you believe in Him as your Helper. Remember Jesus' promise. Surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we lift our eyes to Jesus this morning. His Father is the Maker of heaven and earth. He made everything by the Word of His Son, Jesus. Now with all authority in Jesus' hands, all is well. You remember how Jesus too lifted up His eyes to Jerusalem. He pressed towards Jerusalem to lay down His own life for us. It was on those hills of Jerusalem that this psalm talks about, in fact, that He died on the cross and was buried. There in Jerusalem, He shouldered all our sins. He took upon Himself all our grief and sorrow and distress of all the tragedies and disappointments in our lives, past, present, and future. And it was on the hills of Jerusalem that Jesus broke out of the grave. That having arisen from the dead, He ascended into heaven at God's right hand. So this morning, we lift up our eyes to Him, awaiting His return upon the clouds He's taken, he's taken the road ahead of us to the new Jerusalem. In fact, He's preparing for our arrival in the new heavens and the new earth that He's making with His Father. Brothers and sisters, He has traveled that road. He knows how difficult it can be. So as He sees you and me making that journey, Sometimes running energetically, other times trudging along heavily, sometimes completely stopped. Through good times and tough, he keeps his loving eye and his gentle hand upon us. He never slumbers, never dozes off. He's always alert, always living to make intercession for us before the Father. And when we despair even of life itself, He draws our attention to Himself again. It says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, that is His promise until our eyes finally rest on the holy city, 
the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God himself. Amen.